Well met, friends. My name is Adam, and this is the Get Pipe Podcast, where we love to pipe. And today, as always, I am joined by my good friend Nick, aka the producer guy. Nick, what's up, man? Hello, Adam. I will I will not I, I confuse know. you with a bay or I, I noticed the or... immediate pronunciation of hello and Adam. <laughs> How you doing, man? Um do <laughs> I okay we're ending this podcast dude the people hate us man they're like these dinguses uh, no literally uh dude i'm doing all right man i'm just i was telling dana today i am so tired of not tired like as in sleepy i'm just exhausted i'm, I'm fed up with i'm just over waking up at five in the morning and then coming home at five or six p.m seven p.m some days mm. It's mainly the 5 a.m. thing. Like, I would love to wake up at 5 if I had, you know, from 5 a.m. to 7 or 8 a.m. to do my own thing and exist as a human. But now it's like I wake up, right. get ready for work, go to work it, within 20, 30 minutes. And it's just, dude, I'm just so over it. Sometimes we will get like a late call if we have a, you know, very, very late night or maybe we're working, you know, into, you know, 2, 3, 4 a.m. We'll have like a significant late call. Maybe it's 930. Maybe it's noon, 1 p.m., whatever. Those are by far my best days, naturally. You know, we, we, we still come in and do PT, uh, physical training at 0, 930, and we'll, we'll crush that till like 11. Then we'll get a lunch break, kind of wash up and come back at 13 and, and crush the day till, you know, 17, 18. It's kind of, you just lose an extra, you know, what, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Like, it's a long ass time. But I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just so over it. Right. And I don't want to, in the next three days, I'm in the field. So I get kind of like kind of a late call tomorrow. We're talking like 745. I got to be there. So uh, but that means I skip my workout. And the, the reason why we won't do we're not planning for workout at 745 is we're going right into uh, the field. So we're going to put on our rucksacks and, you know, just get after it in the woods. But so I kind of want to go earlier just to do my own thing and get a, you know, a, a lift in big into weightlifting. So I kind of want to do that on my own. But I mean, it's just when I have the late call, like I feel inclined to take it as for, for as much as of it as I can. Oh yeah, I don't know, man. Just, just I just kind of poopy, kind just of just poopy. It's kind of poopy and bummed out today. Bigly poopy, bigly, bigly. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I can understand that. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, I, I'm looking forward to the day that you're as a, as a friend. Like, first of all, over on the East Coast. Second of all, just like not having those days, man. Because I know. And, you know, everyone has their own kind of day and stuff. But for those of you listening who have like shift work and or the night shift, even like your wife, she's doing nights and stuff yeah. like that. That kind of takes a toll. Well, yeah, because her, her work hours are very similar to mine. It's just the night version. You know, she wakes up at, you know, 5, 530. She's out the door by 630. And then she doesn't come home till 730 ish, 738. Right. In the morning. Yeah, yeah, that's like a tw- that's a twelve thirteen hour shift, just like me. Yeah, this is brutal, man. Yeah, but what else you got going on? Anything? Um, so we Another? actually spent. Oh, Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we we spent the last weekend at a wedding, which was a nice little uh break from the norm. So we had, we talked just on the podcast before where I looked so much forward to the weekend because of how much I work, and then. When it's time to be week do weekend things, I want to just sit down and not go outside, and because I'm not home that often. And when we do do this big 
extravagant event, whether it's staying over, you know, going skiing for a weekend. Now, that's not something I've ever done, but my peers do it. Uh, you know, that takes the entirety of your weekend. So by the time you're done, it's time to go to sleep and then go back to work. So I need like almost right. a weekend from the weekend. So I typically just, you know, I typically just stay home. Um, and, and it's really nice. But this fun, this weekend, we were forced to go out because we had a wedding to go to. And it was it was an awesome time. And we ended up going to, um, you know, a nearby town, which was uh, it was like a Scandinavian town, which was really, really cool. But uh, yeah, it was it was good to kind of get out and you know wear the wear the spiffy clothes. I posted a, a photo on Instagram today where True. I had my my nice Peterson pipe out and yeah, everyone was loving it. Just everyone likes a guy wearing nice clothes. You know what I mean, dude? Heck yeah! I don't know if anyone knows, but you like <laughs> you had posted me on your Instagram. I didn't know that's what I was gonna do when yeah. I shared it. I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, it'll just tag them. And then well, it's yeah, like you're like, accept uh, uh, my accept my collab or something. I was like, what does that yeah. mean? And you quote said, just do it. So I said, <laughs> OK. And then I was like, oh, I posted I posted Nick. But it was OK because you were smoking your pipes. So I didn't, yeah. didn't mind. People were loving it, though. Yeah. Like that's that was awesome. Like the pipe community is freaking awesome, dude. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm no, sorry. Cool. I, know, I know I never. <laughs> I was gonna Go say ahead. it was cool for you know the community who, especially those who listen to the pod, obviously mm. the people who listen to the podcast, were able to like essentially put a face to you know the, the mm. voice, and of course with you smoking a pipe with a badass beard, you know you can't go wrong. Heck yeah, man! But yeah, I I, I do realize I'm realizing that now. I never really apologized, I guess. But what just like I was like, oh, I thought you it, it, you would be able to like choose to post it or something not that it's like except immediately posted yeah no. and i saw it i was <laughs> like oh i'm just not gonna say anything because i'm getting a lot of likes so oh yeah no, absolutely so i i didn't have a problem with it the, it, it was on brand with the channel and and actually we should definitely do more of it yeah true, um, true, true. Some big, i'll big do one. it from my my uh other accounts i'll, I'll make a co-producer or a you producer really, guy you account. really should you almost should I almost should. Well, we, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll good, good for the brand. But um, yeah. So, so tell me more about this wedding. You had your nice, nice Pete. Anything happen? Were people loving the pipe? The uh, pipe? Yeah, it was funny. So, I actually didn't have a, a great opportunity to smoke my pipe during or, you know, right before they said I do. That was when I started puffing. But uh, other than that, <laughs> wait, no. <laughs> went Pups. right over your head no i i think you were like everyone was started looking at you yeah that de- i didn't actually pull out I my know. okay okay you're you you supposed to laugh and then well see here's the thing it's a long it way to the mute button it also wasn't <laughs> funny yet no <laughs> it also wasn't funny <laughs> um no so I, I actually didn't get to smoke at the wedding and dana had asked me a couple times she's like do you want to like step outside like during the reception you know, just to smoke a pipe. And I was like, eh, I mean, I feel like it's, eh, dude, we've talked about this on the, the podcast too, where I'm super adamant about, you know, pipe smokers going out there and just doing their thing. You know, don't, don't let the taboo-ness of the pipe deter you from smoking a pipe if, if, if the setting fits. And honestly, walking outside and taking a fresh breath of air and, you know, pulling out your pipe and smoking it, that would, that would be on par with, you know, something you might see. Uh, not something that's likely, but it wouldn't have been so, so wild. But I did feel I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't want, I don't want to like attract the attention to me. Um, and and we have smoked at a wedding before outdoors, but it was 
it was one of those things where this wasn't an outdoor wedding. So to go outside, you're almost you, the first, the only people outside are now like the stars of that right. environment, that little environment. So if I start smoking my pipe, like now the three people are like, Oh, okay. Now let's go talk to this guy about his pipe. And I should have, but I don't know. I, I just didn't. And then, uh, we, when, when we left to the hotel, I was, you know, ripping my Peterson, wearing my nice clothes. I was like, man, this is awesome. I should have done it back there. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was cool, man. I, I, I used the gold spigot and you can again, see it on my Instagram latest post, or I'm sure it'll be a few posts ago by the time this airs, but gold spigot Pete, kind of a rare Peterson, um, just a really, really beautiful pipe and, uh, matched my outfit pretty well. And dude, it was just, it was just a great time. I, lo- I love I love getting to dress up and, and bring out the nicer pipes I have in my collection. And, you know, I, it's funny, like I obviously I had to wear nice clothes to the wedding, but the real reason was I wore the nice clothes to compliment my nice pipe. True. <laughs> yeah. So it was fun, man. Yeah. That's awesome. I was able to get away um, to like a men's retreat through my church. Um, it was an awesome oh, yeah. event, dude. It was it was really great. For a number of reasons, but I was able to break out the pipe one night yes. uh, around the campfire, got the cob. What did I do? I did, um, oh, I think I did some of that vanilla, vanilla custard I was telling you about that I got oh, at that yeah, from that guy. Shop. Yeah. Yeah. From that guy. And, uh, it was actually really good, man. Like I was, maybe my palate might starting to be formed. But I mean, it wasn't aromatic, so it, it was it was very flavorful. But I thoroughly enjoyed it, and man, the stars were amazing. So it was it was just one of those moments where I, I'm gonna remember. Not that like the the pipe or the people around me were like crazy or crazy about it or or doing anything, but it was just one of those moments where I was able to just look just up at the stars. Me. Yeah, man, just be me kind of sit there listen yeah listen to other guys talk and just kind of just enjoying the moment so that was great yeah man dude those that's the that's the stuff i love that's the stuff that the pipe community is about you know what i mean like it's the stuff we need man like you know i I know that like world needs yeah the world needs like we we talked about like uh, maybe not on here but personally just like pipe shows and stuff and they seem cool but like i just (laughs) i know we've we've again personally talked about this but man like a pipe retreat or even just like a some some sort of retreat man where you just doesn't have to be about pipes or anything but just like the the get pipe community retreat one day it'll be a thing yeah no i think that would be amazing we just go to this this cabin a couple cabins in montana just enjoy the outdoors and smoke pipes or or not like if you want to bring a cigar or not smoke at all i mean just as long as like it's just the like-minded individuals coming mm. together and, you know, just enjoying, enjoying. It doesn't have to be a specific thing, but, you yeah. know, there's not a, but this go, go, go. And kind of, we were talking about with work, it's, there's not a lot of enjoying and enjoying's cool. Big fan of it. Yeah. I'm a big fan too. Got to breathe. Like we always, yeah. <laughs> like we talked about those couple times, but. Well, yeah. And, and that was the other piece was after, so after the wedding, uh, we, we stayed in this really nice hotel. And then we only were only there for one night, which was kind of a bummer, but it was a beautiful place. And after that, the next morning it was like, hey, what are we doing? Are we going home? And I really did want to go home right away. It was about an hour drive back to, to the place, to my house. And we decided to stop for breakfast with her friends. And, and this was Dana's. I, I don't know if I mentioned, but Dana's co-workers wedding. So it was all it was her. It was her friend group. And I'm kind of the odd man yeah, out. Sure. 
But, uh, you know, I, I get along with everyone. So so we went to this this one breakfast place. Or at first they were like, do you want to the, the hotel is actually on a casino? And they're like, do you want to go to the casino breakfast? And I was like, well, nothing about that sounds delicious. Nothing about that sounds appetizing at nine in the morning. <laughs> a casino breakfast. Uh, so I was like, let's let's look for somewhere maybe away from the casino. And everyone was on board. We found this one place. It was called Greenlight, Greenlight District or something or Greenlight Diner. And uh, yeah, we random name came up. It was probably five, ten minutes away. And it was actually in this Scandinavian town called, I think it's Polesboro, Polesbo, Polesbro. I don't know. So it's the Scandinavian town, which we know, of course, is a subregion in northern Europe with a uh, it's got strong historical, cultural. I'm literally reading a, of course, yeah, a definition of Scandinavia, but <laughs> I mean, we're we're talking Denmark, Norway and Sweden. Uh, and, and so this uh, Scandinavian peninsula somehow found its way into this little little town in, in Washington. I and really wish you watched the Marvel movies, the Avenger movies, because like war yeah they they make a place called new asgard and yeah it's like a scandinavian town in the united states but bit or no maybe it's supposed to be in scandinavia but it's like the idea is that asgard is not a place it's a people so like same with with the scandinavians oh. maybe 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 in their viking roots you know what i mean i guess that makes sense because i mean scandinavia itself is not a country so maybe that's what they're going not for. yet. <laughs> what? <laughs> not yet. Um, <laughs> they all band together and just like take over the world. Dude, that's how it felt when we were at this town. Like it was, there was just like Viking long ships, you know, just carved out of everywhere. There's a, a dude, an amazing mural of this Viking long ship with, of course, Vikings mm-hmm. sailing to go unfortunately rape and pillage or at least i would presume because that's what they did yeah i mean uh but no it was dude beautiful little town and oh man, I, I can't say enough good things about it. if you're ever in the area go go check it out but anyway so breakfast was cool and then we had a 30 minute before breakfast rather it was 30 minutes 30 minute wait and it's like a little strip of just like buying scandinavian stuff there's like a bookstore with like you know scandinavian recipe cookbooks like from from denmark or, or norway and it was it was really really cool and I was like, what are we going to do for 30 minutes? And well, we found ourselves in this bookstore and we're walking around. It's like, okay, what else they got? A little Scandinavian bakery. We're like, okay, we'll definitely go there after. They had like a Scandinavian chocolate shop. We got some chocolates. But dude, there I was casually walking with uh, me and four other women. And I see a big glowing neon sign. This glowing neon sign on top had the word pipes. And on bottom had the word pipes. cigars. Woo! And I was like, no freaking way like you I, i've uh dude i i posted on my story but i was just like no hype i got hype so i ran to the door tried to open it up and it was locked closed no and i was like no and i was but like wait there's more there, wait there is more ish it's 11 26 dana looks up the hours 11 30 they open and i'm like i'm looking inside it's glass windows and i'm like there's definitely no human in here and they open in four minutes i don't know they're probably closed on sunday she's like i don't know there says they're open so we end up detouring i was like well we'll find out so we went went to go look at other stuff went to a couple antique stores found a bunch of pipes dude in these antique stores which is super not common at least for, for the I, me and dana love antiquing and we, we always look i always look for the pipes a lot of crummy pipes i didn't buy any they're they're really old and 
not great, not great condition. No, no notable brands, but it, I, I felt like pipes were in the area. So I, the little, little, little kindling was uh, starting to burn inside. Like, so maybe, maybe they will open up. Uh, well, we end up going to breakfast and on our way to breakfast, because the time was ready, I noticed the door was open to this place and the place was called like cargo holds. Um, and it had, you could see from the outside, they had like a uh, little compasses, they very nautical uh, inspired stuff. Naturally, you know, Scandinavia, like the, the Vikings were, you know, big sailors essentially. And yeah, there was like, there's compasses, there was, uh, you know, telescopes, walking sticks. It's like a bunch of really niche wooden and, and hand carved and hand uh, assembled items. And then, of course, it had the pipes and cigar sign. So it wasn't just a pipe and cigar store. Anyway, so we go to breakfast, and all I'm thinking about is going to this place. We crush breakfast, and then her friends were like, hey, we're going to go to the bakery. And I was like, ooh, how about this? You guys go to the bakery while I go to the pipe store just to look around because all the other uh, knickknacks I thought would be pretty cool as well. Um, and I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to feel rushed in there because I, I know who I am, and I'm going to want to spend a lot of time in there, especially if they know what they're doing. And again, I had no context of this. I just saw the sign. That's all I had. So Dana was like, my wife's Dana. She's like, get wife. was like, yeah, I'm on board. And we'll, we'll go to the, the bakery and you go in there. And we'll meet, I'll meet you in here. And I was like, okay, sounds great. I walk in. I, I immediately go straight and I see um, some old maps and stuff. And I'm just kind of like, hand, I'm like the little, the older man in, a, in the market with his hands behind his back, slowly walking, looking down the, uh, the aisle. And I'm talking, this store man is probably, uh, 30 feet long and probably like 10 feet wide. It's very narrow, very small. Dang. Yeah. Very, very small packed with a bunch of stuff. So I'm doing like the old man guy behind hands behind back walking down. And I'm, I'm, I'm literally like three feet into the store looking at some like maps or something. And I don't see any pipes yet, but I hear in the back, a man's voice, older hearty. And he says something. Oh, you're going to, if you, he goes, quote, Oh, if you love Latakia blends, you're going to love this Latakia blend. This is a phenomenal English mixture. And dude, when I heard those words, I'm not even kidding you. I got I, like, I got giddy. Like I, <laughs> what I mean by that is like my heart, like kind of jumped and I, and I kind of jumped mm. with it. And I literally said out loud, Oh my God. And I started beelining towards the sound. <laughs> like, I was like, there's someone back here who knows pipes and he knows tobacco and I need to go talk to him. And, and it was like the most phenomenal sensation I've experienced in a long time because it, it <laughs> I said, oh, my God, because of how my heart freaking skipped a beat. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like I am so into this hobby that like like I'm not faking it. And, and I never thought I was. But that right there, that that visceral response to like jump up and go towards the, the talk of tobacco. <laughs> it was, it was really cool to see, man. It, it was like, I had like an out of body experience anyway. So I go, I go to go up there and I'm kind of perusing dude, tons of pipes, more than freaking the tinder box in Tacoma, just a ton of pipes, a lot of Peterson, a bunch of Sabinelli, some, uh, some Comoys. Um, they had some estate pipes and some Eric Nording pipes, classic for, uh, from, uh, Denmark. And I'm, I'm just like kind of looking around and I'm listening to this conversation. I have like the biggest smile on my face. It's two older gentlemen having a discussion. The guy behind the counter and um, this man. And, and this is a little bit longer of a story, but I'm just so excited to talk about it. So I'm sitting there listening, looking at all these pipes. I'm like, maybe I can. I'm definitely going to get a pipe. You know, I got to get one. I have a huge smile on my face. 
and um, just listening to their conversation. And then the guy ends up buying something. It sounded like a newer pipe smoker. And uh, this, this gentleman behind the counter had sold him, you know, he's also, he gives him a little pamphlet. He goes, take this book, this little pamphlet book I wrote. It, it's, it explains, I did it some, some years ago and it explains how to smoke a pipe from start to finish. So I was like, wow, that's amazing. So this guy is just an honest, honest man. That's it. You know, he just, he just cares about pipe smoking. There's, they had cigars in there, but you knew this guy was the pipe smoker. And um, so once he leaves, he checks that guy out. I'm still perusing. I'm, not, I'm literally like four, th- three to four feet away from this guy. It's a very confined space. And uh, he's like, hey, you find a, what do you say to me? He's like, you find a winner, you find one to take home. Um, and I was like, oh man, I, I found a lot of stuff I'm interested in. And he's like, oh, are you a pipe smoker? And I was like, bigly. <laughs> no, you I didn't. Didn't. I did not say bigly. Okay. Um, no, no, no. Did you I say said, obtuse? I was like, I am obtusely a. <laughs> <laughs> can I yeah. can I interject and say no? The save I report. Save oh, okay. All right. I'm, I'm on a roll here. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the we'll, we'll talk about it, but um. So I'm I'm telling him like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm a huge pipe smoker. Uh, I'm, I'm obviously I'm a much younger demographic than you'll you probably see in here. And he's like, oh, no, no worries. He's like, uh, you know, he's like, oh, we got these Peterson pipes. They're from Ireland. He's he got Savinelli from Italy. And I'm like, dude, in my head, I'm like, oh, you have no idea how much I know. And it sounds like you and I know similar amounts. And um, so we end up getting into a conversation. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Peterson. I got a, I got a few. And, um, you know, this guy starts talking to me about YouTube pipe smokers. I'll, I'll preface right now. He doesn't say get pipe. Doesn't say anything about get pipe. But he's like, yeah, this one guy, you know, this this pipe smoker on YouTube, like taught me this, this, and this. Like, oh, you should also check out this YouTube pipe smoker. Like, this guy is in the sphere, so I'm sure he's seen my content somewhere, but maybe just didn't put the face, or maybe I'm just like, I'm that's not. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. Like, I'm, I'm a nobody. You know what I mean? I'm just a guy who smokes pipes and likes to talk about it with my friends. But uh, that's that's what people. That's what bigly people say in the community. I'm just a guy who smokes pipes and. Okay, so are you on my side or not? I don't know. I employ you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going on mute. Okay, okay. So anyway, um, we we end up having a really, really awesome discussion. I do end up uh, finding a a Dunhill pipe. I think I told you this the other day that I have, what? I think I have four four or five, and I have a pipe rack of five or six. So I, I was missing one. I've been planning on getting another. And I see this one. And it's a it's an estate pipe. It's from the '60s. Really nice size. Um, definitely a clutchable pipe. Uh, it's a, a, a love it L O V A T. He pronounced it Lovat. So I might be an absolute idiot. And again, I'm just here to learn. But maybe it's Lovat. But he's older than me. He smoked pipes way longer than me. I'm gonna go with Lovat. Uh, but it's a, the nice briar pipe where the the stem is mostly briar and a very baby small uh, bit mouth bit. And, mouth uh, bit. And again, it was just a beautiful pipe, man. And the price was 150. Now that is a great price for a, a 1960s Dunhill. You know, like it, it is. It really is. Um, I did get two ounces of tobacco, two ounces of Burley, two different blends um, that he had there. But um, at this point, I wasn't sold on the pipe. Um, I did get another pipe, <laughs> which we'll talk about another time. That's a whole nother story. But um, I, I was really thinking about this uh, Dunhill, and you know, just from talking with this guy for so long, like he was like, he's like, how about one and a quarter? You know, it's like, it's yours. Like, you know, you're a nice guy, you know? And I was like, I was like, that, that sounds really nice. And I do appreciate that. And I was talking to Dana about it. She's like, you know, it's up to you. And I, I didn't, I never committed to anything. And we just kind of kept talking. And then he's like, uh, you know what? Let's do a hundred and, and, and you can have it. And I was like, sir, 
Thank you so much. Absolutely. Like, of course. Like, of course I'm getting this pipe. So I got the, the nice little Dunhill to complete my collection. Um, and it, it, dude, it was just a phenomenal experience. Like I, I, I was thinking about this for the next, next two days. I mean, it's, it's still happening. I'm still thinking about it. And it was just such a pleasant experience. And, and I'll end with this last piece where, uh, he, he asked me what I was doing up here and I was like, you know, like we just went to the wedding, but I actually work. I'm, I'm from Tacoma. I work in a joint base, Lewis McCord, Fort Lewis. And, um, you know, this guy was explaining how um, his father, or no, excuse me. Yeah, he was explaining how his father was uh, out at Fort Lewis, at Camp Lewis at the time, um, on the parade ground during drill. He was a National Guard infantryman. And this is in 1941, December 7th. And all of a sudden, he got wow. a call. Yeah. All of a sudden, he gets this call. They're like, hey, uh, you're not going home this weekend? Uh, we're, going to, we're going to New Guinea. Uh, <laughs> and so... Get in formation because General MacArthur is going to walk the line and inspect you. So oh I don't know if this is gosh. literally. So th Dude. this was probably like the next day on the eighth or seventh or eighth. It was probably the eighth by the time right. or, or, or that weekend. So he was there for an extended amount of time. And um, within one to two weeks, this guy was on a boat. But so he's getting in the whole uh, battalion, probably brigade is getting inspected on a parade field, all in their dress uniform you know, at attention. And he was in the front row and general Douglas MacArthur is walking the line. And for some reason he stops and he turns on one at, and, and looks at one corporal. And this corporal is this man at the pipe shop's grandfather. And he says, Hey, how are you doing? And he's, he's like, uh, good, good, sir. He's like, they feeding you well. Yes, sir. Well, is he going to say no? Like <laughs> you get to tell Literally. general MacArthur. No, He's, he's like, yes, sir. And he's like, uh, okay, good. How about you come home safe? And then like, like as, and then like gave him this look that he was literally going to fight or could, what could be the last time, you know, going off to war. And, and, and they Jeez. went into that weekend. They knew they were, we, we knew war was going on, but we were, of course we weren't in it. 1941, December 7th. Of course we know what happens. And uh, yeah, just within a very short period of time, whether it was 24 hours, 48, I don't know. General MacArthur is asking him how he's doing and if he's ready to go to war. And um, then fast forward, he does return home. And I met a Mr. Douglas at this pipe shop. And he named his, he named his son after that interaction. So oh thank my you. Gosh. Unreal, man. Wow. And I, my mouth dropped. And he's like, yeah, and that's why they call me Doug. I was like, uh, I was like, sir, Douglas, thank you. Thank you so much for, for telling me that story. And, you know, the, the fact that General MacArthur was a pipe smoker, the fact that I'm sure his father was, it, it's just an unreal story that I just, I ha I could not wait to tell you, man, and, and tell all our listeners. It was, it was just incredible. It's absolutely incredible, man. And, and uh, yeah, Douglas, I know you're, you, you won't be listening to this. However, I will see you very soon because they actually have their own pipe club um, in, the, in the northwest region of, um, of Washington. So it's separate from the Seattle pipe club. It's held at a, some guy's uh, house and it's probably 10 or 12 of them. So I think they meet on the fourth Saturday. So in a couple episodes, I'll let you know how that goes. Cause I am going to go out and take the trip out an hour North and uh, go smoke a pipe with some, some guys and I'll get a little bit more uh, Douglas wisdom and some Douglas stories. Cause I was, it was just, Heck it was incredible, yeah. Nick. It was absolutely incredible. That's amazing. I, you actually reminded me, I um, was in the same cabin as a gentleman and his father, both named John, um, and 
the older John, his father, was at Pearl Harbor on December 7th, 1941. And like, oh my gosh, his dad was away somewhere on the island, but he like got in the Jeep, went to his spot on the ship. His gun was already manned by some Marines and all this stuff. So they hopped in, uh, like, I guess for lack of a better term, like PT boats, like just the small boats and were like taking guys out of the water. And he was saying like literally until their arm was came out of the socket giving out. So, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, you know, whenever, whenever I think like, Oh man, life sucks or life's hard or whatever. I just think about that kind of stuff to get me through, but no, dude, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But I also think about how the Briar report called me out. Oh yeah. And now, now we'll touch on that. Yeah. Phil's a darn savage over there. He's like, uh, what did he say? Something about he didn't accept my review because it was too obtuse. It was too obtuse <laughs> for the. I, I, I don't know if you saw, but I emailed him back. I, I was <laughs> I'm sure like, he'll see it. Yeah, but man, that that was funny. Ah, oh, goodness, don't you? I just just love getting called out by, uh, you know, magazine the, email that the, gets the, sent the, out to thousands of people. I imagine exactly. <laughs> One of the best pipe smoking magazines on electronic yeah. print, just blasting you out. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, that's all right. But, yeah. Well, we got something in store for you. Um, <laughs> we have a, and you guessed it, new series. <laughs> oh, and I don't want to, uh, hey, that works. That works. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, man. Um, I actually, I, I'm excited about this one. We've actually talked about, um, not necessarily the series, but what we're going to be talking about in the first edition of this new series, which is called. Briar breakdown and basically it's a breakdown of a movie or um, just from pop culture or something where there's pipe smoking and uh, we'll be breaking down a scene um, discussing the pipe specifically you know throwing in a, a little bit of our imagination because we always like to do that maybe what tobacco they're smoking but um, more so like the etiquette the mood of the situation and and that sort of stuff just just kind of looking at Piping in pop culture, P I P C, Pipk, Pipk, Pipk. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I'm really excited about this one because the first thing we we're talking about. Well, before we get into that, is there anything you wanted to add? Uh, yeah. So of course we have a ton of different series, uh, and some will pull from you know actors or or film scenes or whatever. But this, as Nick said, this is a specific investigation towards. A particular scene or if it's a film that's surrounded by pipe smoking maybe it'll take a 
uh, a greater uh, paintbrush stroke at, at the um, the entirety of the film. But for, for what we're doing now is we're looking at a specific scene. And of course, you can see from the title of this uh, episode what we'll be doing. But we're going to look at it in depth. And we're going to break it down. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about what you know, a lot of things, what characters were thinking, what the director was thinking, uh, what the director was saying, uh, his thoughts on it, what they were trying to convey what we think should have been conveyed, how we interpret it. It's going to be a little bit of a, you know, a back and forth on, on something popular. So we'll, we'll make sure to show, uh, uh, send a link into the show notes so you can, at another time when you're not driving, click the link and see, or, I mean, just Google it. The scene we're talking about, you can find this all on YouTube, at least for the first one. And uh, I, I highly encourage you to check it out because um, we, we got some really good stuff coming. Sweet. And um, yeah, so do you want to, do you want to, tell them what the scene is that they already know about because they can read the title of the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. So our very first scene, of course, is going to be from Inglorious Bastards, a phenomenal film written by uh, Quentin Tarantino. And it does, we know Quentin Tarantino is a pipe smoker. So pipe smoking is, pipe smoking tends to be in the films in some capacity or another. It just so happens that in the very, very first scene, uh, there's a, a very powerful, um, you know, conflict between two pipe smokers and, and we'll get into it but nick if you have anything else on the film for some background yeah and for those who haven't seen it um the main plot um basically they follow a band of american warriors um i believe they're all jewish from my understanding um who has been sent out to take on uh basically taking out germans the the i think specifically the ss who were uh, notorious for their um, hunting of Jewish people in Germany and terrible, terrible things. Um, but this scene is, uh, I, I would say, sort of a master class in like acting in a sense. I, I, I don't know if we can go that far, but it evokes such like stress and intensity stress, yes yeah man like uh, i'll let you hit some of the parts you want to talk about i, I know you kind of wanted to go over it maybe not scene by scene but um just kind of discussing some of that but just watching it and again the the link is in the show notes um but whew, because you <laughs> last thing i'll say you have you know you have this ultimate evil presence in there but he's so peppy and joyous he knows know. he, he owns it he walks in knowing he owns it and then you have this humble dairy farmer who is uh, the sign of this good who is protecting people from the terror they're going to happen that, that's going to happen to them and yeah it's just i'll let you go <laughs> yeah so to, to, well i will give you some background so i don't expect everyone to you know watch the scene but uh, again we highly recommend it but the scene opens up and, and there's a a farmer. He's, he's he's chopping wood right on uh, right on his property. You know, it's obviously right during World War II, uh, so it is a little bit vacant out, and his daughters are you know hanging their hanging clothes to dry. And all of a sudden, you can hear the roar of uh, some engine, and it's uh it's a, like two bikes and like a, a trail car, and they're coming up this long winding dirt path, and and the daughter you know is like Papa, like the, they're 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 French. They're, this takes place in France. And, um, you know, Papa, like they're, they're coming, they're coming. And, you know, he like the defeat on his face from when he's chopping wood, he, this guy's blistering in sweat and, 
You know, he just takes a seat and he tells his daughters to, you know, go inside and, and, and don't run. And that was a specific phrase. He's like, don't run, just walk inside. Um, so the, right off the bat, like there, you know, something's going on. Like, of course it's, you, you don't have to know what the film's about to know that, you know, it's, if you know it's about World War II, you can assume Nazis are coming in some capacity. We don't know if these characters are Jewish. We don't know what they want. This is just the very opening scene. So the Nazis come up the road and, and they, they exit their cars. And right there sitting is uh, our farmer, our dairy farmer, uh, Monsieur Lapadite. And uh, he's just, he's brushing off his face uh, from the sweat. He's trying to wash himself up and look a little bit presentable. And, and he looks rough. I mean, he, he, they're hard workers. It's a, a trying time of war in there very clearly poor but they have a very very small cottage kind of homestead and uh, he's just casually walking hands in pockets and you know invites uh well, yeah it doesn't really have a choice but uh this this, this man comes up to them he uh, has the two the three soldiers or whatever stand guard outside and it's like towering almost, i mean he's a short guy but this towering figure of a presence you know with a long trench coat he's got the the iconic uh, nazi ss hat um, in the SS uniform underneath his trench coat. Um, and he's just like, hey, is this the property of uh, uh, Monsieur Lapadite? And uh, he's like, it's a pleasure to meet you, Miss, um, Monsieur Lapadite. Uh, he's like, I'm Colonel Hans Landa of the SS. And, uh, you know, the farmer's like, what can I do for you? And he's like, well, you can invite me into your home. We just, uh, we need to have a discussion. So we don't know anything after that, but he's like, you know, okay. Uh, the farmer's like, come on in, Mr. Lapadite's mm. like, come on in. He walks in and then his three daughters are standing there at a, you know, a, a pretty stance and he, he introduces family. And again, we know Colonel Hans Landa is a, you know, a terrible figure, but the, the grace he has when he's speaking to his daughters, you know, kisses one of their hand, you know, tells them he's at their service. You know, the rumors are true. Like your family's so beautiful. Like it, yeah. it's, it's just so, it's, it's so odd. odd. It's so eerie. It's scary because it's the behavior of like a good character, you know, and that's what just makes, um, you know, the, Christoph, I think his name's Christoph, Christoph Waltz. Uh, I don't know mm. the actor's name. I think it's like Christopher. Yeah, Christoph. Walt, definitely Walt, Waltz. Yeah, Waltz, um, the, the actor of uh, Hans Landa. You know, he, he's, just, he's just the perfect villain, the perfect antagonist. And uh, I, I remember at the beginning, he's like, he's like, hey, can I have a, uh, or no, Monsieur Lapidite's like, uh, let's get this man some, some wine. He has his daughters go get him wine. And he's, he grabs her by the arm. He goes, no. He's like, I, I would presume that this is a farm of a uh, dairy or this is a farm. So it's, it's likely to presume that there's cows nearby and this is a place where you might have some milk. They're like, of course. He's like, ah, I will take some milk and just slugs a glass of milk right in front of them. And uh, he's Dude, already what said, a great scene. Like, it, you know, just, they could have like cut to anything, you know, cut to a different camera, cut to the side. No, they take like the eight seconds like such an awkward amount of time yeah for uh -huh. him to just slug it down <laughs> yeah it was like eight to 12 seconds of him just drinking milk silent and that's a that's another good piece of like the filming is there's it's it's absolutely silent in here you can hear like kind of the flo floorboards creaking uh at one point you can hear like a like a cow outside moo you know it's just silent <laughs> and it, it's it's a really scary scene and I, you don't know why you just don't know why it's so tense um because I mean, if they were Jewish, this it would presumably not go nearly as uh, what, what I would say is positively. But nonetheless, there's still a, there's huge tension. Um, so anyway, so he asked his daughters to leave and, you know, they just have a conversation. They're speaking French the whole time, which is really interesting. And, you know, Hans Landa being a very charismatic foe is just like, 
uh, I've heard that you you speak English. Is that true? He's like, how about we switch to English right now? And then immediately he's like, ah, yes, uh, Mr. Lapadine. Mm. And, um, you know, they, so what's they funny have, is, it, sorry, don't mean to interrupt, but what's no, no, funny no. is like he's speaking perfect French. Like, oh, perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. perfect. And, and he's like, oh, I've exhausted my use of yeah. French. Yep. He's like, <laughs> I'm like, I've exhausted my, uh, my French at this point. It'll just be embarrassing to myself. And it, it's spotless. Yeah. It is spotless. Um, so anyway, so he, they're speaking in English now and he pulls out this book and, and, and long story short, he's looking for juice and then that's his job. And he asks, uh, Mr. Lampadid, he's like, have you ever heard of me? Do you know what I'm here for? Uh, he's like, yes, yes, yes. Like, I know you're <laughs> the best part. He's like, okay, tell me, but like you say, yes, tell me. And he like does this like hand gesture. Like there's just this absolute power dynamic and it's all in the hands of Hans. And, uh, and, and he still talks as if it's not, you know, he's like, this is your house. So. Um, you know, make yourself comfortable, make yourself comfortable. This is your house. And at one point while he's looking through these, these documents of, of, you know, what, I think it's four Jewish families and one of them has been unaccounted for, which means they're either being held, uh, in secret by citizens of, of France or they su successfully escaped. And at this point he starts asking Mr. Lapadit about it. And Mr. Lapadit is very calm looking, um, but when he starts asking him about the, the, the family names, he takes a quick break and he says, would you mind, Colonel, if I go over and smoke, if I smoke my pipe? And Hans is like, of course, of course, like this is your home, of course, like you make yourself comfortable, like do anything you would do in your own home. So he gets up and he grabs this little box and he pulls out a, a, a tobacco pipe and it's actually a corn cob pipe. And the pipe he pulls out is uh, it's alarmingly similar to... Uh, Old Dominion's Shenandoah, and I have this pipe. It's one of my favorite corn cob pipes. A very, it's just the definition of a workman's pipe, uh, and it just it captures Mister Lapadit as a a poor farmer. Little little corn cob with a a straight bamboo stem. Um, definitely had some use out of it, and uh, he, you can see him pack it, which is really really interesting. And uh, he's got a little tamper on the table. Out, pulls it out of this box and. Uh, you know, he lights a match and starts smoking his pipe. And now at this point, Hans is like trying to get to business. So he's going through these names. He's like, do you know this person or this family? What were their names? How many were there? Do you know their ages? And you can tell Mr. Lapadit, he looks confused. Like he's, he's trying to think about their ages. He's like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm familiar with them. You know, I think, I think the youngest was maybe seven maybe seven to 10 or whatever. And you know, the, Oh, the dog, the other daughter, I think she was 17, 18, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And like he, this is where the, this is where Colonel Hans Landa starts to, in my opinion, you, you don't know because he just does a phenomenal job of hiding it. I think this is where he starts to suspect Mr. Lampadit of holding mm. them, you know, in, in hiding. Because uh, cause the way you hear Mr. Lampadi talk about, you know, the ages, like his guessing, he just doesn't sell it. I I'm just right. thinking, okay, you're, you're trying, you're going out of your way to sound like you don't know. Uh, and it might have just been more beneficial if he just knew them exactly. That might have led to more questions, but um, mm. I don't know. So, and he actually stopped smoking his pipe. So he puts his pipe down while he's like trying to like go through these numbers. So. I, I think that kind of made it worse. Hmm. Yeah, I I think also the part where was it Billy or Bob? 
Bob. Oh, Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Bob. like, uh, he's like, what? What's the what's the head of the house or the brother of the head of the house? And he's like, Bob. yeah, Bob. And then Landa is like, kind of like looking for it, taking a minute, and you see yep. him kind of like, uh oh. And then he's like, oh, okay, it's right here. Or he doesn't say that, but he basically like implies it, so to speak. It's like, yeah, oh, it, I found it. Oh my gosh. It, my heart was racing. I was like, oh. Yeah. So th- this whole scene from the moment he steps in the door, again, and when he steps in the door, there's not, nothing negative has happened. But it's, dude, with the, the way they did the sound design, with the lack of music, the, it, it's just, I'm, my heart was like pounding because you don't know what's going on. You're, you're still trying to figure it out. And, and the elegance, the literal elegance of, of Colonel Hans Landa is just, it's stellar like it's eerie it's scary um but you know and it doesn't he doesn't drop that i don't even want to say it's an act like it's just it's just his evil nature you know to be so charismatic and and kind of uppity you know what i mean like uh (laughs) at one point he's like do you know what they uh do you know what my job is and and he's like yes he's like so what is my job and he he's like you're from the fuhrer you're supposed to go and hunt jews or something and he says it a little bit in more depth and and colonel hans Lena goes oh i, I couldn't have heard, you couldn't have said it better for the, from the fuhrer himself you know like <laughs> you just told right a little farmer that he couldn't have spoken better than freaking hitler you know what i mean like it, it just the way he he goes about the scene is just it's absolutely beautiful and and of course they do reveal um while they're talking that the camera just pans down and you can see uh, at least two or three you know presumably the, the the missing jews under the floorboards um and uh they have their hands over their mouth and you can see the light shining through the cra- uh, cracks of the floorboards and um at this point mr lampadit's trying to smoke his uh cob which he actually has to relight so it shows that he wasn't actually um you know truly smoking i think he was just using it at this point to attempt to look normal slash attempt to kind of calm himself and we've talked about how uh there's a huge misconception that the pipe just calms everything and all things bad. Well, that's not the case. No matter how much, sometimes bad news comes and, and a pipe's not going to cure that. You know what I mean? Well, he found that Mr. Lampadie found that out in this scene. And, um, you know, again, Hans is so laid back. He's literally leaning back in his chair, asked for another glass of milk. And he starts asking about, him. you know, a little bit more. He's like, you know, uh, just before we can cross you off the list, I do have to have my, uh, you know, my, my guards come in, you know, it's a standard stuff. Like I know we've, the, the government's checked you before nine months ago, but it's just, you know, with a, a typical overlap and, you know, change of command, it's just something we got to do. And so while they're having this back and forth conversation, um, he, he actually interrupts, uh, like while he's talking, he's like, Oh wait, uh, Mr. Lapidi, do you mind if I smoke my pipe? And he goes, of course, of course, make yourself at home. And I'm telling you right from his pocket pulls out the largest calabash pipe i've ever seen in my life <laughs> you know a perfect meerschaum top bowl uh a a beautiful maroon orangey kind of stem and it's it's just a massive pipe and he puts it up directly in his mouth it's already packed uh takes a match from the table and you know just starts puffing and he starts talking while he's puffing you know and it's just the and it's just the definition of a of a a show of force, a show of power, ultimate flex. It is the ultimate flex. You know, you you have this like this corn cob versus a 
what at the time realistically would have been like a three four hundred dollar pipe like this is an expensive pipe at the time you know what i mean like some of these nice calabashes go for over a thousand dollars easy uh i, I don't know the, the, like they're expensive pipes and of course colonel hans landa has like the nicest of the nice and it's just the aggressive sherlock holmes pipe you know much much greater than something sherlock would smoke and he just pulls it out and he starts smoking it and and as he's smoking and this is when he says you know uh, and I, I need to have my guards come in and check unless there's something that uh would what you and then unless there's some information that would prevent me from needing to do that that would render that irrelevant um he's and then he like stops and he says like hiding enemies of the state within your home and the like the the peppiness the the jokiness the laid back relaxedness of han's face just drops and it's it's like this it's a literal scary like stare his stare is just it, it, it's frightening and and you feel like oh, this man now has power and you can see him like kind of breathing because he's angry he's very very angry uh, but his voice his, his tone stays the same they're still speaking in english and um yeah he says okay so based on this conversation and how you're reacting like because he can immediately see uh, mr lapadit's face just like sink his face sinks and then like you can see tears like just stream into his eyes and he's trying to, he's still holding his, uh, his corn cob and, uh, Hans is still holding his, uh, calabash. And he's like, judging by the fact that, uh, there's no stirring. Um, I would imagine that these, uh, these, these Jews don't speak English. Is that correct? And then Mr. Lapidee, yes. And he's like, point them out. And he points to the floorboard. Like he's, he's dude, he points with his cob and he's shaking, um, generally where, you know, the, they're hiding under the floorboards. And, and of course, Hans we can talk about this in a second, but it, it seemed like he knew, you know, like he, they don't send him here for no reason. And um, uh, he's like, OK, so he stands up and he's still talking English. He's like right about here. And uh, he's like, yes. And he's like, OK, so, uh, you will not change the way you're talking, but I'm going to sw switch back to, to French. And then he's like, Mr. Lapadie, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for your time. Daughters or girls, come on in. And the daughters what what the, the Jews under the floorboards would think where the daughters were coming in. But it's actually the soldiers. And he's like, thank you so much. I bid you farewell and say goodbye um, and adieu. And then they just start, the, the guards, dude, they just start blasting with the MP40s, these semi or these automatic machine guns, um, three of them just into the floorboards and just slaughter the family that was under there. Uh, and I, I think, and the reason why we bring this up is because how iconic the scene is, you know, from the corn cob to the calabash, to the, the, the supreme knowledge that, you know, Hans had that entire time. You know, I think that ties in with the, uh, the eliteness of uh, his pipe over our, our dairy farmer, uh, Mr. Lapadit. And it's, it's just an incredible scene, and it, it, it just evokes this, this deep, like, stomach-twisting emotion. And uh, I, I love how they use the pipes as a, a, a primary motif to, to show this and to convey it. Right. And like one of the first things I caught was how close up they got on Monsieur Le Petit's pipe when he was lighting it. It's like right there. The focus was that pipe. It, it like, it, you know, it was just, it's such a common pipe. It's a, it's a corn cob. Right. So yeah. like, and then when, um, Hans Landa just Colonel Landa pulls out that calabash, it's like, here we go. Yeah. Literally like when Here he pulls it out, it's the most pretty thing in the entire house. 
like their house is like a like it looks like a one room. It's a it has a kitchen, a, a dining room, all in this one small room. And there's probably like one bedroom off to the side where the daughters probably sleep on the floor. Like it's it's very, very small and everything's dull. Everything's dusty. It's a, you know, old wood. And he pulls out this beautiful calabash. And that is right there, like the most expensive thing within the house. And, and that says a lot. Like it says a lot about just like, again, that power, the, the exchange of power. There's absolutely zero with uh, Mr. Lapadit, but all of it is with mm. Colonel. And I guess what's interesting is when it comes to Hans Landa's, like when he's, well, first of all, he already had a pact. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. He just pulls it out packed. Yeah. Good to go. Which is, I mean, that obviously not uncommon, but like the, the, and then the, it counteracts how it was for Monsieur Lapidite's of like, yeah. this shot was very wide, right? Like it was very wide in terms of, what it was and it it to me it just kind of shows <laughs> like the size and how much of a yeah. of a, a flex it was whereas you have this like humble uh little instrument that uh mr lepidite has and how he takes the time to pack it pack and light it, it and, and whereas hans land is just prepared ready to go and you know again still talking yeah. while mm -hmm. he's smoking it so Exactly. And, and, and uh, going off of like the, the pack piece too is, you know, he, it almost, you can extrapolate to say like Hans isn't going to smoke whatever, you know, Mr. Lapadit smoking, you know, like if, mm. if he's going to smoke this pipe, it's going to be his own and it's going to be already prepared. And it's probably, I mean, you could presume a very high quality tobacco. Right. And like, it kind of goes with the idea of a soldier. Uh, uh, I guess like just the always prepared type of thing. Like, Oh yeah. He, yeah. You know, he, well, I'll even add like that. The, there's no denying that the, the, the Nazi soldier during world war two was, was another animal. Like the, literally the professionalism in, again, that's in terms of like the military structure. I'm talking drill and ceremony. Like they were very drilled. They were very disciplined. Um, and it, I mean, it was scary. Like they were like, they became machines. Um, you know, right. not, but not brainless machines. You know what I mean? Like they were just right. this elite, scary, chilling force. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's obviously disturbing what, um, what happened, you know, the, yeah. the, the ultimate ending of the scene. Like, I don't think we're saying that this scene is good. Obviously what happened and no, no, yeah, you know, it's a movie, it's a movie, but it, something like this at some point or another happened. Oh but yeah. The, the way Tarantino directs and takes care of every detail of what this is trying to convey and, and portray to the um, viewer, man, it was again, a, a masterclass. And yeah. Just the chaos that ensues with those machine guns. It's like, Oh, it's just, just so, yeah, I don't even know. It's, I think the word we just keep talking is like intense, stressful. I mean, that, then, that literally is yeah. what it is. Like you, I felt I was uncomfortable. I was like, I'm, I'm uncomfortable watching it because right from the beginning, it's just, you don't know what it's going to do and it, what, what's going to unfold in it in the way, you know, Colonel presents himself. It's, it's just incredible. Like the, 
and as a fan of film, like I'm, I don't, I don't critique films by any means. I, I just watch the good ones and I appreciate when they're good. And man, like Quentin Tarantino and, and of course, Mr. Waltz and, and even the, I mean, the actor for, uh, Miser Lapidie, like they, they were just, it was just done so phenomenally well that it just, it captivates you. Like from the moment you watch this on YouTube, or of course I, I recommend watching the whole film, but it's by far one of the best scenes in the entire film. And if not, all of film like it's, it's just so so mm. well done and it just holds you from that very beginning until the very end yeah can we i don't know which one you watch but i watched it was like a it was a 19 minute one and then right at the end shoshana um is running away you know unfortunately all bloodied yep. but like he's <laughs> she's like a hundred maybe like 200 yards away and he's like yeah i could probably i could probably get her with my pistol and it's just yeah. like, and he doesn't, right? He just says, I think he said, what does he say? Like, au revoir, Shoshana, or something like. Yeah, it says um, goodbye or whatever. Yeah, goodbye, Shoshana. And like, you know, just <laughs> like the ego and hubris there was to just even think like, oh, yeah, I got a shot. You know, there, there's that underlying all yeah. of this. That, oh, that yeah. True. And, and that's what I noticed first off is like the unabashed ego that was involved with oh yeah <laughs> i mean again going back to the calabash like it was you know like <laughs> you mentioned how he pulls out the pistol and he says yeah i could shoot her from this far pulls out the pipe yeah my pipe's way better than yours you know what i mean like it's he's like undermining undermining every single thing and just because mm. he can you know like he's he's trying to entertain his own power to himself yeah, and even when he like you can, he's like you can invite me in, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, it's that's just a it's just a wild scene. <laughs> no, it's definitely phenomenal though, and I and I highly recommend for any pipe smoker or or just film, you know, fan just to to, to watch it. But uh, yeah, I'd love to hear what uh what others have to think about it. You know, if if you see it yeah. and as a pipe smoker, what did you pull from it? You know, what, mm. what, what underlying, uh, elements or themes are we kind of missing that I think, uh, cause Quentin Tarantino is a smart guy. And like I said, he does smoke a pipe, maybe not as often as uh, we do, uh, but he does understand it. And that's why he used it as a, as a motif. And, uh, right. I'm curious, I'm just curious what you guys think. Well, what do you think uh, Hans was smoking? Probably the most expensive thing. And I would argue mm. he probably didn't even care for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was just, just to set a message, just to send a message. Right. Right. Yeah. That's like, um, I, what were we talking about on here? Like, was it uh, Stalin who had a pipe, but he didn't, like, the rumor was did, he didn't actually smoke did, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that a while ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a rumor that uh, Stalin used pipes as, like, a, just, like, this power thing, and he didn't actually smoke them or, or whatnot. Who knows? Maybe, maybe Hans Landa was doing the same thing. I mean, obviously, he was smoking it, but, like, well, yeah, I actually saw a, I believe, I don't know, this. I could be making this up, but I feel like I saw an interview where Quentin Tarantino says, you know, he has, has Mr. Lapidee pull out his pipe and then he goes, oh, well, in the interview, he's like, what if, what if Hans smoked a pipe too? And then he pulls out this big calabash and then he says something along the lines of, well, what if he doesn't smoke a pipe and he still pulls it out? And I think what he was trying to say was, you know, it's, it's again, another force of, it's an, it's another show of force, another um, ex explanation of his power. Um, I I think you, I mean you see him throughout the film. He does smoke cigarettes. Um, I have I I have the feeling that Hans did 
maybe not actively smoked a pipe, but probably did a little research and probably did a little research and 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 brought that on purpose. I, I'm not quite sure, but uh, it's just super interesting. It's it's a very very interesting scene. Masterful dude. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So yeah, definitely let us know what your thoughts are on the scene. Um, you know, I know we didn't necessarily discuss it here, but what do you think? Uh, what do you think Hans Lando was smoking? Even Monsieur Lapetit, a very humble oh, yeah. smoke. Um, so cool. Thanks, brother. Yeah, dude, absolute blast. Can't wait for the next one. That brings us to our seconds. The classic over under and my new favorite. Why are you the way you are? Hit <laughs> <laughs> me with the uh, with these over under. Oh, it's my favorite. All right, over unders. We got three today. Um, the first one is packing, um, and it, it's more so full versus half bowl packing. Um, oh, and. That is from Umber Piper. So I always pack a bowl to the the entirety of the chamber. I always pack from, from bottom to top uh, just because it's the process I'm familiar with. It's kind of like muscle memory. Now, in terms of if you only want to smoke half a bowl, yeah, I, I, I don't really know what the, the current uh, thought process is on. I don't know what it, where it's standing on terms of uh, the overrated, underrated, but... Um, Ah, man, I, I love packing my pipe full. So, and even if I don't smoke it, I'll just, maybe I'm a little wasteful, but I, I don't even know how to break this one down. I'm going to go with, <laughs> I think packing your full bowl is properly rated. Pack it full, whether you smoke it all or not, like it doesn't really matter. Packing half a bowl, I guess we can say is, I'd probably go with underrated. I mean, if you want to pack half of it and smoke just a little bit of tobacco, I guess that makes a lot of sense, but not something I do, so. I'll I go properly you. rated. Properly rated. Sweet. All right. Next one is from, oh gosh, I hope I pronounced this right. Rakaka. I don't know why I said it like that, but. It, that's Rakaka. what I was thinking. Rakaka. Rakaka. Like you got to get like a little whatever. Andy. You know what I mean? Andy. Like a, <laughs> Rakaka. No, that's. All right. Anyway. <laughs> from the Discord, Rakaka. His. Over under topic is soft bits. Overrated. All right, moving on. All right. Um, no. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll touch on this one real quick. I hate softy bits, and not softy bits is the company. So I'm sorry, softy bits. If you, <laughs> I don't have anything against you. I think it's great that you have a great piece of a uh, uh, pipe accessory that people want to use if they so choose. But a softy bit or a soft bit is something that you put over the end of the pipe. We're talking like a um, of a of a fishtail pipe. This ran at the end of the bit. So when you chew, when you put it in your mouth, you're not chewing on it. The literal plastic, you're essentially putting, you're clenching this piece of rubber and it protects your, your, uh, your, your plastic from being, uh, you know, worn away or, or chewed up or whatever. I, I buy a couch 
to sit on the couch. I don't buy a couch and then put like a plastic wrap on the couch and sit on that. Like I know people who do that. It's weird and it doesn't make any sense. I buy my pipe. To Wait, you it. actually know people that do that? When I was a kid, I did. There's a, there a family who had a literal plastic wrap on their couch. Mm-hmm. They, they I thought only eat. like old people did that. Well, it's it's not, it's a little bit outdated now, but the same thing goes with the softy bit, man. Like, I don't know. I, I, I buy a pipe. Someone crafted the stem to be clenched. And uh, also there's... There's a thickness to a pipe stem, and it's an art. And there, there's a it's a specific thickness, and so when you add a bit, it changes that. And it's, it's just it wasn't designed to have that. Uh, I'm glad it's out there, but absolutely overrated in my opinion. All right, just bashing softy bits. All right, um, moving on. Pipe models from Mr. BC Gary, the OG. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary, are you? Are you <laughs> Do you know what he's trying to say here? I, I kind of have some background. No, I don't. Okay, so like the idea of uh, <laughs> just modeling a pipe, like guys just sitting there and like just blue steeling a pipe, you know, how they have like cigar models or like whiskey dudes with whiskey glasses just chilling. Like, what oh, are your oh thoughts? like models is in like. Yeah, like a model, like a, a human human model like oh so so not not what you do with your like selfies and your no no no, yeah but someone's like like, yeah uh, okay i really want to say overrated no overrated if you're not a pipe smoker uh yeah don't do i know pipe models are stupid don't do it it's it's insulting to the pipe smoker but i mean if you're if you're a hot pipe smoker and you want to model with your pipe that you smoke yeah screw it yeah hell go ahead i I want to do it now you are not hot enough so uh overrated what <laughs> um, yeah you're right all right oh that was the last one remember folks send your over under topics by to us by reaching out mainly through the get pipe discord the what are we calling it the the international i don't know i make something different every, every day yeah, to every be week. so grandiose about it check out the show notes we'll talk about it later also shoot adam a message on his social medias or email us show at getpiped.co. Now, why are you the way you are? Why are you the way that you are? This one. No, 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 no. I was at, I was asking you, why are you the way you are? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, This edition of why are you the way that you are is again from the YouTube channel. We got a good one. This one's quote on the LJ Peretti video. Cut the small talk. And get to the point. That's why I unsubscribe to your Chanel. <laughs> Thank of course, you. Chanel was improperly spelled, missing an N. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, uh, I, I think my my response was great. If you can go find it, it was like um, one. I only tell myself what to do, and two. Small talk just got two minutes longer. <laughs> <laughs> So don't be that guy. All right, man, this has been a long one. Where can people find you? What'd you say? Uh, 
I've said a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Yeah, but uh, if you want of more fun. of my awesome fun, you can go to youtube.com slash for uh, some of the freshest and newest content on the YTPC, the YouTube pipe community. Uh, I, I post every time I make one. Uh, you can also find me on the Instagram, get underscore piped, and as well as, of course, our Discord, which we've mentioned several times. You can check that in the show notes. Sweet. Also in the show notes is the Get Pipe Etsy store. I don't think I mentioned that much, but it's always been in the show notes. Um, this is where you can get all the awesome Get Pipe merch. I was actually drinking tea tonight from the OG Get Pipe mug. So now new ah, one. The, the, I think the it's prototype. Yeah, the prototype where everything was not centered. And yep. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, but but now I don't have the new one yet, but man, it's fire. And I have your shirt, probably one of the most comfortable shirts I've ever had. I, and like, that's not me just saying that. It, that's you just it saying really, that. Yeah, that's you just saying, saying that. that. <laughs> but like, I, I actually wore it today. I, was, I went out grocery right. shopping and stuff today. Yeah, uh, it was yeah. awesome. So um, one thing that we're also looking for is get pipe podcast merch like and we can get good ideas in our head and stuff uh, but we also want to know what you think and if there's anything um that you would like to see mostly just fun stuff this isn't like uh, adam runs it i say like we both get any sort of money or anything um <laughs> i get zero dollars and zero cents <laughs> and he gets like three yeah, yeah, exactly. The point of this is not to make millions of dollars. Yeah, no, no, we're, just, no. we're just looking for fun, and uh, you know, if you if it's something that you would like to wear and share, I mean, it 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 helps everyone. It helps all pipe smokers around. So yeah, for sure. So check that out in the notes. Also, email us any of your pipe nightmares, pipe dreams, any other topics um, you want to hear about on the podcast, or just send us an email. Say hi. We always yeah, appreciate absolutely. it. Absolutely love the feedback. And, uh, yeah, and um, maybe maybe even. Even uh, Briar Breakdown, like if you if you've watched um, a movie or a video or something in pop culture um, that you want to see discussed, let us know. And as always, um, don't forget to leave us a rating or review on all of your podcast apps. Um, this really helps us know how we're doing, helps us beat those darn, uh, what are they called, um, algorithm. And please share with any and all pipe smokers you know families the the new the old uh, all the, those folks the current the current <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> screw the present um but no just just get that get that gpp out there uh, yeah it, it really does help us i mean i mean i've had a every day i find out someone new that i i really respect it and watch uh either on youtube or on instagram or whatever even other podcasts and and they reach out and they let me know their thoughts on the show. Like it literally just means the world for me. So, uh, and, and to Nick, of course. So, but yeah, mm. please, please share. I mean, we're, it, it is cool. We, we are doing it so we can talk about it with uh, you, the, uh, the listener. So it, it just helps us out in the end. Sweet. So as always, we end this with any words of wisdom that you have, Adam, please, please enlighten me. So I'm going to keep it, keep it brief. We're talking about getting after it. At time of recording, the next three days I will be in the woods, um, really sad, cold, and uh, probably wet. But, uh, you know, you just got to get after it. So I'm going to grab my pipes, I'm going to smoke them, and I'm going to enjoy them. And it's going to push me forward. It's going to push me forward through those, uh, so those, those rough times. It's not going to make me feel better, uh, but it will get me through it. So 
And that is a key distinction there. So I appreciate you guys all so, so much for listening. You have all just been piped audibly. And until the next time, we're out.